Hey, I'm Drew. And I'm Tim. And this is the Hearts and Hands Podcast. In Season 2, Episode 20, we talked to Anthony Catalano about creating digital resources for churches. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Drew Sonnenberg, joined as always by my co-host, Tim Babbler. And Tim, sometimes we talk about liking to meet new people on the podcast. uh, And this week, I got to do that, but you didn't really, because we talked to somebody you work with, right? Yeah, so this is someone from our staff. He's been working with us for about a year and a half and does a lot of, I just like to call him the church producer, because he does so much of the behind the scenes work. And especially now that we've had to produce so much more online content because uh, people couldn't meet physically, he he just was always working and always doing something. And we get to talk to him this week about a lot of the processes that goes behind it, the creative things uh, that go into it, just so that we can pre- create high quality content for churches. Yeah, and it was really interesting talking to him because I think a lot of churches nowadays are, as we start to open back up slowly, are kind of asking themselves, how much of this that we've been doing during quarantine do we want to keep doing? And if we're going to keep doing it, how can we do it better? Or how can we make it higher quality? And he had some really fascinating thoughts about how to do that well. Yeah, let's get to that interview now. Today we're excited to welcome to the podcast, Anthony Catalano. Welcome, Anthony. Hey, how's it going, guys? Going pretty well. Anthony, for our viewers who may not know you, can you just give a brief introduction to yourself? Sure. I've been with St. Mark Ministries since about October of 2018. I was brought on to revamp their kind of media production, their technology involved with media. Uh, So I'm an independent contractor, and I worked on basically getting them to the point where they could launch an online campus and uh, after about a year, we got there, and it was kind of perfect time with everything went down with coronavirus, but I've been basically just handling all the media aspects at St. Mark. I produce their podcasts, produce a lot of videos, including your weekly Children's Church program. Yeah. Now, could you just give us just a brief background into your expertise and your working with video to kind of what brought you to this point where you are now? Sure. Um, I mean, it's been... A lifelong kind of pursuit of mine. I've, I was raised just on movies. I saw movies I probably shouldn't have seen at inappropriate <laughs> ages, but um, very loose parenting on that regard. But no, it's just uh, movies always had a have had a hold on me, and just from a young age, I just wanted to work something in the medium of media. Uh, so I went to college at Columbia College Chicago, uh, which is one of the nations, if not the largest film school in the nation, uh, where I got my degree in film and video. And basically after college, I started my own business. I decided to, I didn't want to pursue like either the coast. I wanted to stay more local, start families, uh, stay with my family as well in the area. So started my own business, primarily doing like live event work, like primarily weddings and stuff. So I grinded for five, six years um, to the point where I was able to go full-time with my business and, yeah, just working hard and just keeping the grind and eventually to the point where I was able to be full-time. And through a happy kind of accident, I discovered St. Mark was looking for 
someone to come on their team. And I, having worked a lot in the kind of the church world with like just weddings, I was really excited to have the opportunity to be less of an outside force coming in and really work from the inside to implement some cool ideas. And we've seen a lot of those ideas take place. And as you mentioned, the coronavirus pandemic and having people worshiping only online really did change the face of what a lot of uh, churches were doing online. So can you kind of talk about what what happened when you first started and then how that even changed more once we switched to having only online before we restarted uh, in-person worship services again? Yeah, basically when I came on board, St. Mark had a very old video system in place, um, just very low quality. Everything was just very, felt very antiquated and just wasn't of a professional quality that I would expect. Um, I, just a lot of my approach is just coming from if I was a viewer, what would I expect, particularly in the whatever modern year we're living in? St. Mark's video system was living in like about 2005 when we were in 2018, 2019. So that wasn't going to work. <laughs> so a, a big thing I believe in is just reducing workload and working smarter, not harder. We see other larger churches in the area have big media teams. They spend a lot of money on their media budget. Uh, I think you can accomplish a lot of what 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 goes on on a bigger scale. I think a lot of that can be really pared down, trimmed down, if you have the right people in place and you're able to accomplish basically the same goal with a much more scaled back approach. So I focus on making sure that we invested in equipment that was going to a be modern, current, and was going to last us five, ten years. That wasn't going to immediately be outdated. And then I just focus on building a system, choosing the right kind of partners to work with that would allow basically one or two people to run the entire show and not need to always rely on a bunch of either volunteers or paid staff. Just trying to just keep it more contained. And by doing that, I think I was able to open up a lot of doors on being able to just kind of bring a lot of my kind of touch into the kind of production end of things and just even the flow just i have to give a lot of credit to uh st mark's head pastor uh dr john parlow is he was really willing to take the time to not rush everything out not to go from zero to 60 to suddenly expect a immediate polished product a month after i started working we took a lot of baby steps uh we just took the time to do the research because I think that's a problem at St. Mark before I came on was um, maybe the right people weren't involved with the right vision or took the time to really vet the products that we were investing in. So uh, just being able to take the time, learn, experiment, be willing to maybe not succeed in an area, but then take that experience and make that into a uh, build that into a success down the road. So uh, it was just a very slow process. Basically, I think we started uh, with our new system in about summer of 2019, and we didn't even launch our online campus until that December, I believe, even January. Like it was, we we just we were very methodical in just making sure that we took the time to make a polished product that was gonna make an impact, that we were gonna not alienate anyone by presenting something that wasn't ready. So I think that was just all perfect timing as we then led into coronavirus that we were already way ahead of the curve for church a lot of churches who just had no 
infrastructure in place. Um, I was getting phone calls from people that the churches had connections with in the past, just desperate for information on how they could somehow kickstart their own online campus. And it's, it just, it, it does take time. So just, we were lucky that, that the church had the foresight of this is really where the environment, just the culture that we live in is moving online. We can't ignore that. We need to embrace it to a degree. We're not trying to say that in-person worship is going away at all, but there is, if you want to say a market for this, there is a group of people who, whether it's your elderly, your maybe people who can't necessarily get out. We live in a climate where that is very not friendly for six months out of the year to <laughs> even get out. So I, that's another factor. So I just think it was all perfect timing and just a really good uh, use of foresight to be prepared for when this ultimately hit. You mentioned that uh, you tried really hard to keep it kind of pared down so that it could only be operated or run by like one or two people. Could you give some like concrete examples of things you did to, to make that easier? Sure. From the cameras I selected. So I, I, we went with a five camera system and they're all robotic cameras that can be controlled from one individual controller interface. So everything feeds into one controller. I have complete control of all the settings. I can make a bunch of changes on the fly. Um, I can store dozens and dozens of preset camera positions. So if I, as we flow through the flow of the service, I have different setups so that just by pressing the button, the entire visual camera angles, everything changes and flows with the service. So I don't need to rely on annual operating cameras. It's all done by me. And I've taken the time to figure out how each section will best look. Um, and all that's all been preset. So it's super easy to do on the fly. Um, we went with a service called vmix they're a platform that basically handles all of our live camera switching pretty all the production end of it even encoding and distribution to uh whatever platforms we send the video to uh i chose that because just it was super user friendly i didn't want something that was gonna need to you know just be bogged down in the technical side of things it's pretty much point and click um they have a great youtube library of how-to videos anything you could possibly know how to do you can see a visual reference so that was really important to me that i would have a program that would be really more than what we probably needed but it creates that endless possibilities of like when coronavirus hit we needed to start doing some uh, remote kind of connections with our podcast and a few other new video series that we created and VMix had that capability built in, so I was able to create a really high-end, multi-person remote kind of location feed. So it was just all about choosing the right equipment um, and having, again, foresight of we're going to need to expand wherever we think we're starting. There's going to be a ton of places that we don't even know that we want to go with and choosing partners to do that with. And all everything just being able to run into one single, basically, chair where you can direct produce the entire thing on the fly just with a few clicks of a button. Awesome. One of the things you had mentioned before was the production aspect of the service. A lot of people don't often think of churches being a production because they're used to just the in-person um, atmosphere. They're not used to, and even before like what a lot of people did is 
they'd show a live feed, but it wasn't specifically geared towards an online audience. So what does that look like to go from something that's geared towards an in-person to geared towards online? Yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah, I think that's something you're always kind of struggling with. Uh, I just think it requires a bit of just kind of thinking beyond your own kind of self. Uh, you really need to start thinking of what's the benefits of being in person? Uh, what, what is that experience like versus the experience of being kind of disconnected watching through a computer screen where you're not in that live environment? Yeah, you need to be cognizant of really just a lot of minute details that you want to think of. Um, like a big thing that we've struggled with at St. Mark is our lighting. Uh, it looks fine when you're in person, but a camera has a certain sensitivity based on our camera angles, just things will appear differently through the camera lens versus in person. So you need to take account of that. Um, so that I need to make changes. Like we just put up a bunch of nice led uplights to, we just had a really ugly kind of background because we had a lot of clashing color temperature with all the various lights in the sanctuary. So um, you need to just think kind of, yeah, we need to walk that fine line of we need to make it better for online audience, but then we also don't want to alienate the in-person audience. So it, it's just it's a very thin line to walk. And then a lot of it is just how you present yourself. A big part is just making sure that you're creating an accessible experience so that knowing that the audience that are watching we may have a lot of first-time guests, so by can kind of gear certain graphics, certain prompts to engage the audience a little bit differently than you would in person. We have a live chat that allows us to communicate directly in real time live during a service with a staff member. So just providing the accessible moments and opportunities to reach the audience is a really key factor. One other question that I know a lot of churches that uh, want to continue doing online that maybe didn't do it before this coronavirus pandemic have is, is it better to live stream on Sunday or is it better to record sometime earlier during the week uh, outside of the service? Now, the question being, it's another time that people have to come in maybe and do extra additional work, but maybe what are the benefits uh, based on what what you believe to be the best option and what um, maybe St. Mark is doing as well. Yeah, that's a really interesting question because that's one that I'm struggling with even right now as we're starting to return a little bit to normal. We've just opened our doors the last weekend. So it's, how do we handle it? So initially what we did when coronavirus hit, we were streaming live on Sunday mornings. The problem is as everyone then closed suddenly every business virtually throughout the world started to close. Everyone was funneled into their houses and through their internet providers. There's only a limited amount of internet bandwidth. People don't realize that. So as soon as quarantine happened on a worldwide level, internet bandwidth was in short supply. So when we were trying to live stream at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning, everything crashed. All of our third-party partners who we streamed through. They didn't have enough server capacity just because everyone was funneling to this online world. So basically through kind of March through Easter, it was really touch and go. And one thing that we as a staff at St. Mark, we decided to try was to do a pre-recorded service, basically what would be called considered simulated live on Sunday. So we would record on Saturday. I would kind of 
piece everything together, upload it uh, to, again, various platforms, and then have it play automatically at a set time, creating a live experience with, again, a real-life chat moderator on our platforms. As far as preference goes, I think it just depends on your setup, what you're capable, um, knowing your technology, knowing the challenges that arises with live production. Live production is just that. It's it's live. You have no second takes. You have no editing opportunities. So pre-recording does provide a lot of latitude in being able to finesse the video. It also takes... One of the trickier things of live streaming is just making sure that your connection is solid, that you're transmitting and receiving properly. By doing it pre-recorded, you can make sure it's already uploaded. So basically that end of the whole, that end of the process is basically taken out of the equation for things that could possibly go wrong. So it's if you're starting out, I would probably recommend more pre-recording, making sure that you're getting familiar with the process, being able to clean up anything if you have people that are maybe less experienced running the show. But also, beyond that, um, I think it's kind of to be determined on how St. Mark will proceed in the future. I think there's just pros and cons both ways. Sure. Anthony, one of the other ministries that you're involved with at St. Mark is the uh, podcast, When Fear Reigns. Can you just tell us a little bit about that first, and then we'll get into some more details about it? Sure. Uh, When Fear Reigns started a little bit over a year ago, I was already kind of involved with the media production end of things when it was first being pitched around with our two pastors, uh, Dr. Parlo and Pastor Ben Workentine. They wanted just some ears on in their first episode that they recorded to get some kind of feedback. And I saw a lot of potential with the content they were producing. I think it needed to be maybe honed a little bit more. I think they needed a little more of a technical touch. So basically I offered to come on as basically it's more the technical producer of the show. So I produce When Fear Reigns, um, along with Ben Workentine, who writes the bulk of the material. Uh, it's a, it's a pretty much a resource for Christians living in the real world, the real secular world, living with working, engaging with people who don't believe the same things that you believe. It's really the world of apologetics. It's how you can live your faith, live your life in a world surrounded by people that don't necessarily agree with you. Sure. And you had mentioned before that even the way you recorded that had to change because of, you know, not really meeting it face to face. So what, what was the change there? Sure. Uh, we had a few bits of evolution as we've gone. When we first started, it was just um, me with my laptop with a blue Yeti microphone and the two pastors would sit, try and huddle around it and, we would hope for the best. Uh, we eventually uh, I upgraded our mic system as my kind of video control room came together. It also became a part-time podcast studio. So had a little bit better setup. was able to get some just good quality sounding stuff just because, again, I didn't want quality to be the thing that drives people away from us. So I think just need to general philosophy with just technology in the media world is you need to be able to produce to a high standard. Otherwise, I don't think you can expect to gain an audience or keep an audience. So we had a really nice setup, but then obviously coronavirus hit. Now we're not going to be able to meet together. Um, so I switched it up so that we were recording basically remotely 
So I would be in my video control room. Uh, thankfully, vMix has a feature called vMix Call. So I was able to patch in remotely Pastor Borkentine and Dr. Parlow. And we, we were able to basically seamlessly record an episode as we were as if we were all in the same room, but we were separated by many miles. And how much uh, edit work goes into that? Because, I mean, I guess Drew maybe can speak to this more than I would. I know a lot of times I say something on our podcast, and I'm like, oh, I didn't want to say that, and Drew will go in and edit it out. Do you see a lot of that in When Fear Reigns, or is it kind of just a seamless one-take? It's mostly one-take. Obviously, I'm keeping an eye out for if there's a pause in the action or if someone needs to reset. But we also have two pastors who are very good at speaking. <laughs> so, <laughs> good point. Good point. Uh, we, they're very knowledgeable. So um, uh, when we first started, I was being very nitpicky. Basically, just over time, I found the right kind of filters to use, the right kind of things to just automatically sweep through it. I, I really don't edit it a whole much. I just I make notes as we go through of time codes to kind of trim down things that we need to reset. But they they have a great flow with each other. Ben is great at kind of tossing up the question trying to provide his perspective and then john is just a dr parlo is just a wealth of information and yeah they they have a good rapport they play off each other well they they know what they're talking about i think that's just the key thing is when you have two people who know what they're talking about they're comfortable with each other uh it makes my job pretty easy <laughs> good point awesome well we want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on today we really appreciate all your insights Thank you. Uh, yeah, if, uh, basically, if you want to, your listeners want to check out When Fear Reigns, you can find that on any major streaming platform. We're also on YouTube. You can also find it off of the com website. So we'd love to have your listeners pop in, take a listen, see if they find some information that would be useful for them living their Christian faith. And if people wanted to see the St. Mark online, where could you point them? I uh, go to stmarklive.com, or if you check out our Facebook page, it's also currently live streaming there. Also, the St. Mark DePier YouTube page also has previous sermons and is updated as well constantly with all of our content. So Facebook, YouTube, St. Mark Live, stmarkdepier.com. Uh, between those four, you can find pretty much anything that we produce. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Anthony. We appreciate you taking the time to come on. Thank you. That wraps it up for this episode of the podcast. As always, if you've got uh, questions you want answers to, if you want to know what goes into making our podcast, I can tell you uh, I don't do a whole lot of work because I'm not very good at it. <laughs> but if you if you have questions you want answers to or people you want to hear from or you're an artist and you want to talk about what you're working on, feel free to reach out to us at heartsandhandspodcast at gmail.com or on any social media platform at Wells Creatives. And for what it's worth, I know way less than Drew about creating a podcast because all I do is talk into a microphone over Skype and Drew does all the rest of it. So definitely don't ask me if you're going to ask anything. <laughs> but we do want to shout out our patrons at patreon.com slash hearts and hands podcast. We appreciate all the love and support you guys have given us throughout the extent of us recording these episodes. And we look forward to continuing to record more. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>